So again, I bring a good morning and a Merry Christmas to all of our friends and family who are here, all of the friends and family who will be joining with us online. And we want to thank you for gathering together here with your Elkhorn Baptist Church family here this morning as we come to worship our God on Christmas Day 2022. There are many things that we could be doing so far on Christmas morning. We know that on years where Christmas Day doesn't fall on a Sunday, we have very busy mornings on Christmas morning, and it is encouraging that we can all gather together and maybe press pause on some of the other festivities and come to recognize and come to worship our God, for that is what we are here for. We come to worship the very God who so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whosoever would believe in him would not perish, but have everlasting life. This morning, we are keenly aware of the incarnation of our Savior, celebrating that the Word, God the Son, would be made flesh, becoming a man that he would be able to reconcile both man and God. And all that brings glory to God for the good of those who believe in him. When we look at the scriptures, we can see that God has given us commandments as to how he should be worshipped. In our public worship, in our worship here on Sunday mornings, he has commanded that we are to worship through the reading of his word. That his word would be preached. That we would sing songs based upon his word and what he has revealed in it. And that we would worship him in prayer. Musical worship being one of these elements is central to the public worship of God. And we are so grateful for having such great music teams that are willing to lead us in our worship. And I'm sure that as we've all been enjoying the Christmas season, we've recognized that there's probably no other season in the Western world that so clearly and all-encompassingly brings music to the forefront of our hearts and our minds. In my life, it's always been, okay, Christmas music comes out on November 12th. You kind of push through until Remembrance Day, and then once you pass Remembrance Day, Christmas music straight through until kind of late January sometime when someone forces you to take down the Christmas tree. But I itch for Christmas music. I love hearing these these Christmas songs come out. And it's incredible to me how these Christmas hymns that are just absolutely full to the brim with the hope of Christ and Christmas and the incarnation, these songs somehow become number one hits on radios worldwide, whether they're Christian or not, surrounding the Christmas season. It's just amazing to me. Something in our hearts around Christmas time is stirred to song. And for us who worship Christ, it's not hard to see where that compulsion comes from. That being said, as we continue to worship the Lord and the preaching of his word, I wanted this morning to go back to the original hymn book of the church, and that is the Psalms. In this most musical of seasons, where I know many of us are going to go home from here this morning and 
as soon as we get home, we're going to break out whatever our preferred music medium is, bring out the eight tracks, and put on our Christmas music. And that is going to play through our speakers in our house from the time we get home until the time the last kid goes to sleep, and maybe even beyond that. So we're going to look at one of God's songs. We're going to look at Psalm 96. You heard the very beginning of Psalm 96 in our call to worship this morning. As you turn to Psalm 96, I wanted to give a little bit of background. This psalm is a psalm of King David. Rightly, that we should be reading a psalm of King David on the day where we celebrate King David's many times great-grandson, the incarnation of Christ. And much of this psalm in particular is repeated in 1 Chronicles. And in 1 Chronicles, what's going on is David is bringing the Ark of the Covenant into Jerusalem for the dedication of the tabernacle on Mount Zion. The source of the excitement and the joy here behind this song is that it was upon the Ark of the Covenant that the glory of the Lord rested. In bringing the Ark into Jerusalem, God was coming to live with his people right there. That was a true reason for King David to celebrate. Hopefully, for all of us this morning, that sounds remarkably similar. God coming to live with his people. The presence of the Lord in their midst. Why don't we take a moment to pray, and then we will read Psalm 96. Our God and our Heavenly Father, as we come to your word, as we seek to understand it and understand what you would impress upon our hearts by your word, we ask that you would give us eyes to see and ears to hear, hearts that are soft and ready to tune in to what you are saying. Lord, it is so easy to get distracted, and we ask that you would silence the distractions for but a moment this morning, that we would hear clearly the message of your word in Psalm 96, that by your Holy Spirit you would speak to us, and that we would be brought to worship alongside King David as he worshiped you, and that you would inspire in our hearts an even greater praise, for we know clearly what King David only knew parts of that you would send your son, Jesus Christ, that he would be born as a man, born as a baby in a manger. Lord, we worship you and we thank you and we pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Psalm 96. Oh, sing to the Lord a new song. Sing to the Lord all the earth. Sing to the Lord and bless his name. Tell of his salvation from day to day. Declare his glory among the nations, his marvelous works among all the peoples. For great is the Lord and greatly to be praised. He is to be feared above all gods, for all the gods of the peoples are worthless idols. But the Lord made the heavens. Splendor and majesty are before him. Strength and beauty are in his sanctuary. Ascribe to the Lord, O families of the peoples. 
Ascribe to the Lord glory and strength. Ascribe to the Lord the glory due his name. Bring an offering and come into his courts. Worship the Lord in the splendor of his holiness. Tremble before him all the earth. Say among the nations, the Lord reigns. Yes, the world is established. It shall never be moved. He will judge the peoples with equity. Let the heavens be glad. Let the earth rejoice. Let the sea roar in all that fills it. Let the field exult in everything in it. Then shall all the trees of the forest sing for joy before the Lord. For he comes. For he comes to judge the earth. He will judge the world in righteousness and the peoples in his faithfulness. This is God's word. There's a perpetual danger in all of life, but particularly noticeable in the Christmas season, to let things distract us. I leave things vague because it could be literally anything. Whether it is good or bad or indifferent, there's so many different things that could become a distraction to what is most important. Allowed to go unchecked, our devotion to and pursuit of any of these things can become idolatry, allowing something to stand as more important in our hearts than God. And this morning, and particularly as we embrace all of these festivities of Christmas, we need to ask ourselves, what is most important to you, both at Christmas and in life in general? That question, what is most important to you, is quite literally the key and the answer to all of human life. Family, friends, gift, food, entertainment, whatever it might be, many of those things are important. Some of those things are necessities of life. I love food. Food's great. I like not starving to death. But that is not most important. Pursued in isolation, even good things, if pursued for their own merit, become distractions and even idols. Our first pursuit, our primary aim as mankind is to glorify God. It's what we are created for and what we will be most fulfilled in while we are doing And as we look around at all of the trappings of Christmas, it's really easy to see how we can be distracted from the main thing. As David is bringing the Ark of the Covenant, the presence of God to live in the midst of Jerusalem, he tells the people, sing, sing, sing. Ascribe, ascribe, ascribe. Sing to who? Ascribe, which means to attribute or regard. Ascribe what to whom? Our hearts and our affections this morning and every morning are to belong to the Lord. Sing to the Lord all the earth. Why? For great is the Lord and greatly to be praised. He is to be feared above all gods. For all the gods of the peoples are worthless idols, but the Lord made the heavens. Splendor and majesty are before him. Strength and beauty are in his sanctuary. Ascribe to the Lord, O families of the peoples. Ascribe to him glory and strength. Why are we supposed to ascribe those things to God? For great is the Lord and greatly to be praised. He is to be feared above all gods. 
For all the gods of the peoples are worthless idols, but the Lord made the heavens. Splendor and majesty are before him. Strength and beauty are in his sanctuary. And for us to sing of what God has done, for us to ascribe to the Lord his qualities, what we know to be true about him, what must we do? We have to know him. For us to sing to the Lord, to sing about him, we have to know who he is to even begin to sing about him. For those of us who are in relationships, first few days you're attracted to your significant other. If you were to write a song in those first few days about your significant other, how, how deep and meaningful would that song be? Would you sing, you're pretty. That's about as far as we get. You're pretty, you're nice, you smiled at me in the cafeteria. And now, however many years later, if you were to write a song now, whether or not they'd want to hear you sing it, how much deeper and more profound and more valuable would that song be? I've been seeing ads all over the place online where you can get some songwriter to write a song for your significant other, and you can kind of put in some ideas and pass it off as your own. But if you write your own song for your spouse or your significant other, and you go, from the heart, we've been together for years, this is what I love about you. The depth of that completely changes when you know the person. And for us to sing to God, to bring songs for him, we have to know him. And the other thing we are to do is we are to ascribe to him, which basically means in our hearts we need to look at him and recognize this is who he is. We ascribe all sorts of things to all sorts of people. We pass someone in the grocery store, and immediately we have kind of a, a guess at who they are. Oh, that, that looks like a tough dude. I wouldn't want to cross, cross him. Or, oh, that person looks like they're having a rough day. I wonder what's going on with them. We, we ascribe all sorts of stuff to them that may or may not be true. But... For us to ascribe rightly to the Lord, we have to know him. We have to look into his word and see what his word says about him. And as we do so, we can ascribe rightly to the Lord what he has told us about himself. If Christmas is about nothing else, it must be about us knowing who God is and what he has done. There are a few elements of life that are so clear, where God is so clear about who he is and what he is, as when we see him condescend from heaven as God the Son, God the Son not just looking like a man, but actually becoming fully God and fully man, in doing so, living, able to live the life that we should have lived becoming the second Adam, dying the death that we deserve to die, taking in himself the punishment that we deserve upon the cross, and then being raised back to life and glorified. And in doing all of this, he has reconciled to himself those who would come to him. We must worship the Lord and give him the honor that he is due. 
our immediate response if we truly believe it to be true and amazing as we claim when we know God, when we see who he is, is that we will want to, to share that good news. Verses 3 and 10 of our passage, declaring his glory among the nations, his marvelous works among the peoples. Saying among the nations, the Lord reigns. Yes, he, yes, the world is established. It shall never be moved. He will judge the peoples with equity. Christmas Eve, Christmas Day, Boxing Day, Easter, St. Patrick's Day, Thanksgiving, every day of the year, from eternity past to eternity future, are days that are designed by God for the glory of God. And on each day, it is the job of his people to be declaring to the world, to remind the world of the glorious reign of our God, declaring it to the nations. I like that in that moment when King David is talking about declaring it to the nations, he's acting as a prophet again. Because at the time of King David, the good news of Yahweh was not for the nations, it was for the people of Israel. But in that moment, King David is taken forward to the day where in Christ, that good news now is all of the sudden for all of the nations, for everyone who would hear the truth and know it and believe it to be true. Every tribe and every tongue and every nation will glorify our Lord. And so at Christmas, we recognize who God is and what he has done. And we sing of it. We sing of it constantly. We have sung about it this morning. We will sing about it all day long. And I hope that's something we will continue to do. But sometimes, we don't necessarily feel like singing at Christmas. Sometimes Christmas is not going to go exactly as we had planned. I've already had a few discussions with people around the foyer today about how this Christmas seems to be the one where nothing goes quite the way we planned it to. Some of you will know that Sherry and I plan to have both my parents and my younger sister here in Elk Point for Christmas. You'll notice that we don't have anyone sharing the pew with our family. My parents called us two days ago, and they have COVID. My sister called us the day before that, and she's stuck in the ice storm in Vancouver and can't fly out. So, no family to come and hang out for Christmas. Others will know that, well, our plan after that would be to go out to Saskatchewan to visit with Sherry's family over New Year's. Well, just before the parents canceling and my sister canceling, our vehicle that fits all of our family broke down and doesn't work. So we're not going out to Sherry's family for New Year's. This year is kind of feeling like a, a stripped-down Christmas holiday where things have not gone according to plan. All of the, the trappings of Christmas kind of, they're still there, but they're not what we kind of expected them to be. And there's this battle going on in my heart and my family's hearts where it's like, 
This doesn't feel like Christmas. But then we look at it and go, why doesn't it feel like Christmas? Because we don't have a pile of family around our table? Why doesn't it feel like Christmas? Because the presents and stuff that the grandparents were going to bring would kind of lift the tree the rest of the way off the ground? Why doesn't it feel like Christmas? Because we can't drive out and eat off of the Traeger that we bought my father-in-law so many years ago? I look forward to all of those things at Christmas, all of the incredible opportunities we have to enjoy the blessings that God has given us. But when I ask myself, why doesn't this feel like Christmas, the answer that I keep coming back to is that I am missing the point. The answer that I keep coming back to is that my own human self wants the trappings of Christmas more sometimes than it wants the meaning of Christmas, the real meaning of Christmas. And I know that for many people, Christmas is an incredibly difficult time. There's joy and there's sadness, where we are sad about things that we have lost and things that we are missing. And that's okay. It's okay to, for me to miss my family at Christmas time. It reminds me of what God has given me. But it's not okay for me to just get down in the dirt and kick my shoes and go, man, Christmas sucks this year. Because in the end, Christmas isn't about all of those things. Christmas is about the fact that our God has so loved his people, so loved each one who would proclaim faith in him, that he would send his son, Jesus Christ, to live as a man. This holiday hasn't been anything close to what we had planned, but as difficult as it is to be separated from family or miss pieces of holiday tradition, we can still declare steadfastly with the psalmist this morning, the Lord reigns. Yes, the world is established. It shall never be moved. He will judge the peoples with equity. Let the heavens be glad and let the earth rejoice and let the sea roar in all that fills it. Let the field exult in everything in it. Then shall all the trees and the forest sing for joy. Before the Lord, for he comes, for he comes to judge the earth. He will judge the world in righteousness and the peoples in his faithfulness. We can declare in joy at Christmas because the fundamental truth and joy of Christmas has not changed. The true light which gives light to everyone was coming into the world. He was in the world and the world was made through him, yet the world did not know him. He came to his own and his own people did not receive him, but to all who did receive him, who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God, who were born not of blood, nor of the will of the flesh, nor of the will of man, but of God. For that we worship. For that we sing. And for that we can still ascribe to the Lord all of the things that we know about him to be true. This is such good news that nothing else in all of eternity can compare with it and nothing can take away from it. No amount of Christmas not going according to plan, burning the turkey, whatever might happen. Nothing changes the fact 
that Christ was sent and lived and died and was raised and reigns. And all of our passage this morning comes down to the truth at the end that God will come to judge the world in righteousness and faithfulness. Whether or not that is good news depends entirely upon the message that we celebrate on this blessed Christmas morning. When God comes to judge the world in righteousness, if we are found to be worshiping him, to have submitted ourselves to him, then it will be an incredible day. It will be a day where we can glory in the Lord. But if we're found depending on our own righteousness, then we are in a terrible state, headed not for glory but for damnation. As we celebrate this Christmas with friends and with family, Let's check our hearts as to why we are celebrating. Let us recognize that the celebration of Christmas is not any of the trappings, but that the celebration of Christmas is found in the coming of Christ. And let's examine our own hearts to determine whether or not that is the good news that we have believed and trusted. Or if we just believe the good news that there's going to be some presents waiting at some point today. Or the good news that we're going to get to feast with our family until we're sick. Or the good news that we're going to whatever. Whatever it is that we love about Christmas. Let's worship the Lord. Worship the incarnate Son of God who came and lived the life that we couldn't live, died the death that we deserved, and rules and reigns today. Would you come with me to our God in prayer as the worship team comes to lead us in a closing song? Our God and our Heavenly Father, there is nothing that can take away from the message at Christmas. There's nothing that can take away from what you have done on behalf of your people and for your own glory. And we pray that you would be glorified in what we say and what we do and the way we act and even in the thoughts of our hearts as we worship you this Christmas. And Lord, as we engage in all of those festivities, we ask that you would let those festivities all of the joyful and good and exciting things that we're going to get to do today and in the days to come, would all of those things point us towards you, that we get to celebrate, that we get to open gifts because you have given the gift of your son, Jesus Christ, that we get to celebrate with family around the table because you have made us your family. Lord, you are so good. Lord, that you have sent your son Jesus Christ is beyond our imagining, beyond anything we could have dreamed up, but God, you have done this, and for that we thank you. And we pray that this would not be something that we celebrate and worship you and acknowledge you and ascribe to you and sing to you just on Christmas. We may have our specific Christmas songs, but may the heart behind them, the worship for you, last all the year long. 
that we would continually ascribe to you the glory that you're due, continually sing to you, for you deserve to be worshipped. We thank you for these things. We thank you for Christmas and for all the loved ones here and all the loved ones joining with us online and even the ones who couldn't join with us. Go with us, take us safely, and may you be glorified in our Christmas. Pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. So now as we go home to celebrate even more and continue to celebrate the blessings of Christmas, hear the charge again from verses 10 to 13 of this morning's passage, and let us be faithful to carry this charge out. Say among the nations, the Lord reigns. Yes, the world is established. It shall never be moved. He will judge the peoples with equity. Let the heavens be glad, let the earth rejoice, let the sea roar in all that fills it. Let the field exult in everything in it, then shall all the trees of the forest sing for joy. For he comes, for he comes to judge the earth. He will judge the world in righteousness and the peoples in faithfulness. God bless you. Merry Christmas to all of us.